Welcome back, Slump Busters. This is time for episode 90 of the Slump Buster podcast. I'm your host, Juju Talk Sports, and I'm joined today by Joe Flacco. Actually, check that. Not Joe Flacco of the Not Joe Flacco podcast of the Not Joe Flacco Instagram page. He may not be Joe Flacco, but I promise you, this guy's meme page is elite. This podcast is elite, and I know you'll enjoy it. But before we do that, folks, it's time to give a shout out to our partners. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedrooms. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here. Blue Chew's sildenafil and tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct. So it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from a little extra confidence in the bedroom for when it's time to perform, visit Blue Chew for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code SLUMP at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code SLUMP to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the Slump Buster. Our next partner, a long timer, one that we always love to talk about on the podcast. Yes, I am talking about Manscaped.com. Manscaped provides the perfect tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0, the number one in below the waist grooming. The perfect package 3.0 kit comes with the new improved lawnmower 3.0, waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. Not only does Manscaped obsess over technology, development to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience, but they use the best ingredients in their formulations. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, an anti-japing ball deodorant and moisturizer. If you want to look your best, smell your best, manscaped.com provides the products just for you. Get 20% off and free shipping and handling with the promo code slump at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping and handling at manscaped.com and use promo code slump. And lastly, it's time to give a shout out to CavemanCoffeeCo.com, an Albuquerque, New Mexico based product. We're from Albuquerque, New Mexico. We can tell you we only provide the best. Talking about their best, their cold brew coffees are delicious. They give you that boost and I can't recommend them enough. Speaking of stuff I can't recommend enough, have you tried their mammoth blend? This thing gives you a kick of energy in the morning and the perfect way to start your day. But if you're looking for something a little bit more light, let's say you just want to refresh yourself. How about trying one of their hibiscus teas? Delicious, sensational. These products, I can't speak highly about them enough, but they can be yours if you use promo code SLUMP at checkout to save yourself 15% off your next purchase. Yes, promo code SLUMP at cavemancoffeeco.com. I guess the point of this, folks, Use promo code SLUMP. Don't be a chump. Save yourself a whole lot of money, whether that be bluechew.com, manscaped.com, or cavemancoffeeco.com. Thank you to our partners. All right, guys, it's time for the podcast. Not Joe Flacco, episode 90, hashtag bust the slump. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
Welcome in Slump Busters. It is time for episode 90 of the Slump Buster Podcast. I'm your host, Juju Talk Sports. 10 away. We are almost to the big 100. So closing in on that mark soon. And as we continue, we have to bring on only the best guests that you've come to expect from us weekly. And this guy, you know, uh, we, our motto has always been come for the memes, stay for the pod. This guy lives and breathes it because not Joe Flacco is one of the most entertaining, fun meme pages that you will see on Instagram if you're just looking out there. And I got to say, I'm happy to have you on. Welcome in, Nacho Flacco. Thanks for the intro, man. That was, uh... anyway, checks in the mail. I appreciate that. <laughs> got to give the royalties. I mean, as someone who reposts and shares a lot of your memes, I appreciate all the work that you do. Like, what was kind of the inspiration behind starting what's turning into one of the more trendier meme pages on Instagram? Like I mentioned, I enjoy the meme wars, and we'll kind of get into that one, too, that you have with some of the other pages. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, no, I, uh, I've i been doing it since 2016, the start of the 2016 season. And I think that was the Chip Kelly 49ers team, 2016. And I needed to figure out a way to enjoy football for that year coming off of the Jim Tom. And, you know, obviously, uh, if you follow my page, I'm a huge Niners fan. I don't try and hide it. My page comes with all the bias you would possibly expect. But the reason I started it was I was stay at home dad at the time. And I wasn't expecting to enjoy football that season. And I'd seen the, you know, I'd, I'd been following Gary V for a little bit. And he was always talking about getting on IG and, and getting a platform going and, and getting a brand going. And I tried a couple things that were just kind of like not football related. And, and I finally realized I'm like, if I'm going to do something daily, I'm going to do something four, five, six, seven times a day. If I'm going to do something 20 times a day on the weekend, then it better be something that I would talk about for free. And, you know, I, I put up a couple posts and did some hacky follow for follow shit early. Um, you know, got myself to 400 followers. And then ever since then, I've just been grinding and, and uh, putting out stupid NFL memes as my account used to be called. That's the secret they don't really tell you though. Like when you are first starting off a page, you do have to do those hacky things. Those follower for follower, those kind of like down in the trenches type activities. But as you kind of start to develop a little bit notoriety, hit those hashtags a little bit more, get some things on the explore page. That's when your pages really start to take off. What what would you say was like the biggest year of growth? Because obviously, like I said, you hit that 100,000 mark, which is impressive for someone who's starting it off like individual, not any big financial backers behind you, you know, all that good stuff or not, so, you know, a big booty Instagram model. I mean, yeah, no, without showing my tits, um, you know, I think I've got a pretty decent following. I've had very steady growth. And part of that, I think, is because I do all my own memes. You know, there's there's accounts that have grown faster. And some of them, not all of them, some of them will, you know, be pulling stuff from Twitter and, and stuff like that. And so their quality is is a little more consistent because they can just go to the masses. They can just go pull stuff off of Twitter and, and they can always find the best meme or the best performing meme and just turn it into an IG post. So my, you know, my quality is a little more dependent on my mood what my take is you know like all that type of stuff so i'm i'm not the i've grown well and i'm sure there's thousands of people that would love to switch accounts with me but um i've just had i've had a nice steady account twice i've you know one time i turned it off for six months um another time i've you know i've, I've turned it off a couple times as kind of as you know my mood has fluctuated but it's uh it's been a good run and i appreciate all the feedback that i get from everybody that's the you know the DMs and the comments are, you know, and the, and the story replies and stuff. Those are the things that, that bring me the most satisfaction on the page. Oh, yeah. I think one of the things that I love about you the most is you are so receptive to obviously our DM to come on the podcast, 
But in general, I like keep track of your story and you're always like chatting up on the questions or answering anything that people are sending to you. And I think that's important for anyone that's like building a nice little community. So you mentioned in the pre-show here, you start off doing a little bit of stuff with YouTube, kind of like transition, kind of did a little bit of podcasting. What is kind of like the next grand goal for you, man? Quit my job. (laughs) I mean, ain't that the the goal for all of us, right? Right. So I... You know, getting the podcast, like, you know, I'm about at the same point you are. I just, we just posted our 95th episode. This is my third crack at the podcast. It's the first time I've gone past 10 episodes. I love who I'm doing it with. I love the format that we've got. I love the cadence that we've got. That's the thing that would really, really be meaningful, both from a like, okay, like, and expanding beyond the meme page, right? Because when, when it's your voice and you can't duplicate that, you know, they can, they can repost it, but they can't do the exact thing you're doing. And so that would, you know, the podcast for me would be like the validation that, you know, I can do stuff that isn't quite a meme and can do some of that more long form stuff. But yeah, I mean, the the goal would be to make enough money from this nonsense to convince my wife that it's a a reasonable decision to to quit my job. But that's the pipe dream of a pipe dream of a pipe dream. But you know, we grind and keep laying bricks, as I say, and, and maybe one day we'll have a house. What is life if you don't have big goals, right? Um, right? Okay, let's talk about this. The meme wars that you have with NFL hate memes and Canadian Cutler. Now, is Canadian Cutler actually Canadian? Do you know the backstory on that? I need to know. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think so. He's too nice not to be Canadian. Okay, because we have a nice little Canadian following, and I just want to make sure if we ever have him on the podcast, that is, in fact, accurate information that we're displaying. What are they? So NFL Hate Memes is a Chicago Bears fan page, or at least Chicago Bears, right? Yeah, so, and then Funniest NFL Memes, he just he just came out of the Cowboys closet, so he's a Cowboys fan. Uh, hate Memes is, uh, NFL Hate Memes is a Bears fan. Cutler's a, a Packers fan with strong Josh Allen, like, he's like Josh Allen curious or something. It's, it's... Um, he has him thinking some dark thoughts, huh? Some, right. Mm-hmm. The, um, I mean, it just started, I took a shot at Cutler during the playoffs that was basically like, Cutler's trying to come up with a Lamar Jackson meme to distract people from how bad Josh Allen's playing. And he responded and then I responded and we've just kind of been going back and forth. It's super, you know, it's like super unstructured and and we're just kind of everybody's here for the smoke and you know, we're we're just having fun with it. So it seems like the biggest thing they use against you is like your age in this one, but I, I'm one that respects the veterans here. Well I you know it's like I use that to my advantage too because Cutler he's somewhere between the age of 17 and 22 and you've got less followers than a guy who's 39 get better at the internet idiot you got got to drop the reagan (laughs) on them i won't use my opponent's youth and inexperience against them there we go this is message brought to you by the foundation for a perfect package why do i need manscaped why do i need manscaped why do i need manscaped because the only fruit i want Because being in a relationship is not an excuse to be lazy. Because I like talking ball, not smelling like them. Because deforestation is proven to prevent forest fires. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped's crop preserver guarantees that you smell your best all day long. Manscaped boxer briefs are the most comfortable underwear on the market. Manscaped's advanced skincare technology makes Nyx a thing of the past. 
Manscaped is the number one in men's grooming. Subscribers get two free blade refills every three months. Get 20% off plus free shipping handling with the promo code SLUMP at manscaped.com. That's the promo code SLUMP at manscaped.com. Get your lawnmower 3.0 today. We are the Slump Busters. And we approve this message. Another big thing, obviously, that caught my eye in particular, you mentioned it. We're both Niners fans here. And when it comes to the Niners, the majority of my life, so 39, you at least get a little bit more pleasantries from like the Niner experience than I do at 27. You may have got a little bit of Steve Young in your lifetime, but uh, myself, it's a lot of uh, JT O'Sullivan, Sean Hill, Brian Hoyer, Trent Dilfer, Troy Smith. That, that's like my full existence as a Niners fan here. Right. Um, and then there was a bright spot. We got that, those hardball years right there in the middle. We got a little bit of success. Got to taste the good life for a little bit. And then Tom Sula. You mentioned a meme. Tom Sula was a meme coach. Chip Kelly, yep. even more of a meme. <laughs> and then we finally get a blessing. We get Kyle Shanahan, a smart, intelligent coach. But clearly the quarterback situation still needed some work. And Jimmy falls in our lap. Now, I've always been a very big Jimmy G advocate, personally, myself. Like, I think when he's out there, we win games. And I'll take a quarterback that can win games at this point. But clearly, the Niners feel some sort of way. Where do you, what's your stance on Jimmy G over the last couple of years? We don't win when he doesn't play. I, you know, I'm not, he's not my boyfriend. I stopped getting emotional about 49er quarterbacks when Lawrence Phillips ended Steve Young's career. Kind of after that, I think I stopped getting emotional about about the quarterbacks. But as far as Jimmy's concerned, he's a top 15 quarterback. And I feel like if, if he's healthy and it's the, if he's healthy thing, that is the, the key part of it. I have no problem saying that, you know, we have a Super Bowl roster if Jimmy G's healthy and, you know, we've already proven that two years ago or, you know, 2019. So it doesn't guarantee you that you get back to the Super Bowl, but if you can keep the quarterback upright and you can keep Jimmy upright, I think there's enough talent around him that, you know, he's not Trent Dilfer. This is not a guy that you win in spite of. We had this, you know, the Niners had the second best offense in the league in 2019. I've got no issues with the team if the team decides that they want to go to war with Jimmy G. Jimmy G has some things that like the whole, like, can he make all the throws? Yeah, you know, that's a little debatable, right? Like he doesn't, he doesn't throw outside and deep. He doesn't throw deep particularly well at all. But, you know, 2019, it was a 69% passer, second highest ranked offense in the league, over eight yards an attempt. All of that stuff is there. And he's accurate enough with the ball that, you know, they can get the run after the catch stuff. And so Shanahan's offense right now is is probably not the offense that Shanahan would love to run. He would maybe prefer to be a little bit more dangerous, you know, in the deeper half of the field. But we can we can win with this team with a great running game, an accurate quarterback, and, um, you know, a guy who's a pretty good decision maker on almost every, you know, one time a game, he'll make some to horrendous throw. I'm convinced and, he's ready to target every middle linebacker in the league. Every middle linebacker at least has one on him. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's because he used to play linebacker in high school, and he's just like, okay, I'll just I'll give these guys one. But like, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't see every defender on the field all the time on every play, and that leads to some stupid throws. But he comes back. He doesn't sulk. He comes back and he kicks ass. Like in 2019, they were putting up a bunch of stats about how good he was and what his passer rating was after he threw an interception. Like he makes mistakes, but he gets out there and he competes. And I've got no issues with that guy. I also have no issues with the Niners are never going to be and don't plan to be 
not that any team does, they don't ever plan to be drafting as high as 12 ever again, as long as things don't go terribly. And so, you know, you're this close to the top of the draft. There's ostensibly five quarterbacks that people think will go to one or maybe, you know, multiple pro bowls and, you know, you take your shot, you know? So it's like, you've got a chance to, you've got the ammo, you've got enough other draft picks, even with the trade up, we've got nine draft picks in the rest of the draft. And if, if they hit on the quarterback, they're going to be a dangerous team for the next seven to 10 years. If they miss on the quarterback, they still have Jimmy G this year and, you know, next year, and you figure out the the rest of it from there. So I think it's a perfectly worthwhile and low risk move to kind of trade up and, and try and strike gold. Yeah. So let's get into that trade. You mentioned it. They're been dra- trade up to three to draft Penesul. They didn't do it to draft Jamar Chase. They're going after a quarterback. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Kyle was at Mac Jones pro day, even though I think he's got to slide him down the board now after seeing some of the tape that were coming out of there. I feel my thought on it is I feel you don't trade up to three unless you know your guy's going to be there. You can make an argument that maybe they spotlighted a couple guys that they're willing to like interchange. Like if someone goes to the jets that they weren't expecting, but I feel as though they, they already have a plan going into the draft. Uh, having Justin Fields do an additional pro day for them, uh, that will be a uh, very interesting watch. I was his pro day today. Obviously a lot of people are focusing on that 40 time 4.4440. Uh, he had a similar Zach Wilson type throw and Zach Wilson was my favorite out the gate as far as for this spot. If he was able to fall past the jets. Now I'm thinking like, okay, I might go Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, then Trey Lance. How about you Joe? I'm not a college football guy. I'm really not. I just don't want Mac Jones. All of the other guys have, elite athletic characteristics right and i have spent enough time watching russell wilson kyler murray josh allen those types just slaughter a very good defense so it's like the niners defense and so i i see these quarterbacks with these extra elite skills beyond being good football throwers right beyond that skill they have their legs and I see what it does to a very good defense and I I feel how debilitating it is to watch your team play those guys and I would like for the 49ers to put that fear into other fan bases do you still have that same reoccurring nightmare of Russell Wilson just escaping the pocket and finding someone deep 50 yards because every night I go to bed during football season I just think about that stuff yeah, it blew me away that he's like the most sacked quarterback of the last few years because I'm not sure, like, I can count on one hand the the number of sacks I remember him taking from the Niners. Like, I, him, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, like, we just haven't been able to get to those guys for the most part for the last couple of years. Despite and, dynamic pass rushes, because Alden Smith in his heyday, Justin Smith when we had that Harbaugh defenses, and obviously the 2019 and 2020 units, and still, yeah. Like we can't even touch the guy or when we do touch the guy, we get a hand on him and he still kind of rolls around, does some kind of bullshit. And somehow we end up losing the game. Like what? Week yeah. 17 so I'm, last year. I, I want them to feel that from us. I want them to be like, Oh fuck. How are we going to, how are we going to contain this guy? Even if the pass rush is there, that's my thing. And here's the, here's the thing that I feel like I'm out on an Island and there's not very many people on this Island with me, but I'm not entirely confident that, Kyle Shanahan is going to pick the right guy. I just keep going back to the 2017 draft and because I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan and Kyle Shanahan is like would adopt him if he could. And so like we've got these two 
not that Kyle gives a shit about my fucking opinion. I'm a meme page, but we've got these two, you know, I've got one opinion of Kirk Cousins. He's got the other. And that colored the 2017 draft because we went into the Niners went into the 2017 draft with Matt Barkley and Brian Hoyer as their quarterbacks. And that draft had Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. And we left with neither of them, but we added CJ Beathard in the third round. And uh, you just can't tell me that nobody saw Patrick Mahomes being good. Andy Reid traded up for him. Andy Reid knows quarterbacks. He traded up for him and that won them a Super Bowl and potentially yeah. flip things around. Give Add Patrick on to Mahomes that, they to, traded to up Shannon. for CJ too. They traded up for CJ as well. You know, so it's not so like it, it's they like, really wanted him. Yeah. So it's like, you've got like, I just don't, I just, I'm very, this is going to be a very rough month for me. I'm just anxious about this pick. I'm just anxious about whether or not they're capable of being able to project the guy to the next level. Like the Mac Jones, potential Mac Jones pick terrifies me because I feel like if you didn't have Jimmy G, like if they traded Jimmy G for a, a second round pick this year, sure, fine, go up and get Mac Jones because we need somebody who's NFL ready and he feels very NFL ready today's pro day aside feels that way. Like I'm not a, again, I don't watch these guys play. He just feels a little more pro ready. And that's what the other people are saying, but we have Jimmy G. So we should be able to take a guy that we can project. That's going to get, you know, maybe that Josh Allen, that Patrick Mahomes level, Russell Wilson's level like that. I want that guy. I don't want the guy that's NFL ready tomorrow. I want the guy that in five years is going to be a top seven quarterback. Well, that's another storyline, obviously, because the Niners have so brazenly said Jimmy's going to be on this team in 2021. They had a press conference yesterday, Kyle, John Lynch, and made it a point to say, hey, we think a pissed off Jimmy's good for us. We think that this team will benefit from having Garoppolo on the roster. We talked to him personally, and unless a trade comes that blows us away, Jimmy's going to be on the Niners. Now, with that said, like that does free you up to get a quarterback that you think that you can wait on for a year that you don't think have to put out there week one, play him just to make everyone feel good about the team. Um, those guys um, I think are more so Trey Lance, um, who's a lot of people consider him a little bit more of a de developmental thing. He averaged about 18 pass attempts in college. He only had one showcase game because um, NDSU didn't play um, any games because of all the COVID restrictions and everything. Justin Fields, as a Ohio State quarterback, obviously that is kind of one of those big stigmas that he has to overcome. And a lot of people look at him like he still can add tools to this game. He can still um, develop under like a Kyle Shanahan system. And I think that those make sense if you're going to keep Jimmy. And it's an interesting thing to kind of follow because if Jimmy is healthy, as we mentioned, you can win with him. And if we can win with him, you would think that could only increase his trade value. But what if you win too much with him? What, what is that kind of threshold like um, of like, no, oh, we no drafted. Such thing. I mean, yeah, but, you know, in their minds, if they have this grand master plan of bringing in a rookie just to kind of like replace him, do you kind of like have the fan base turn on you? I mean, Niners Twitter is already a rough place to be at. Um, I don't know if you like follow a lot of the pages there. There is people at each other's throat on there constantly over the quarterback decisions. Yeah, I don't, I don't mix it up. I'm a, I'm a uh, interested, a, a semi-interested observer on 49ers Twitter. I don't get too far into the comments just because I, I, I respond to enough comments online with my page. It, there, to me, it, listen. There's, I think it was Matt Barrows wrote, if you were to promise that the 49ers would win a Super Bowl this next season, they'd trade 15 first-round picks, like. 
a Super Bowl is everything, right? So there's no such thing to me as winning too much. They are going to have to replace because they gave up two future players, right? They gave up two future first round picks plus a future third. They're going to have to replace those guys. Those guys are going to have to come from free agency. Those, you know, those, they're going to have to fill those roster spots somehow. They're going to have to use the $20 million gap between the rookie and Jimmy G's contract to fill those spots. Do they have to do it in the next two years? I mean, let's just take the extreme example. It's like the Niners win back-to-back Super Bowls with Jimmy G as the quarterback. What do you do then? You're probably franchising him and trading him at that point, or you're trading the rookie. You know, um, you know, you're trading the guy who's going into his third season. Either one of those I'm fine with, you know, because it comes with two Super Bowls. Even if it comes with one Super Bowl, I don't give a shit. You know, there's no such thing as winning too much for me. Figure it out after the Super Bowl. That would be my thing. And listen, I'm a fan. They don't pay me any money to worry about this other stuff. If that causes John Lynch some anxiety, who cares? But I don't think it would. I don't think him or Shanahan care one bit about what after a Super Bowl win would look like. Yeah, I mean, I I could use it. I'm still uh, I'm still thinking about 2020 or that Super Bowl. Ugh. I actually tortured myself and did a live reaction to the Super Bowl highlights. How how sadistic am I? Like that is. Oh, ugh. I I I went back this. So I was on Twitch for a minute. I went back and rewatched the Giants Niners 2011 NFC Championship game. Kyle Williams. Oh, that was what. So at the beginning of at the beginning of COVID, uh, when the NFL had opened up their league pass or game pass or whatever the fuck it's called, and said everything's free until you know quarantine's over. I went back and and I did that. I watched the the that game. Oh man, that was that was excru- I'd forgotten some of those plays. I forgot about the Ahmad, Ahmad Bradshaw fumble or you know non fumble. I forgot about some of the like that was just a pointless sadistic exercise for me. As far as painful memories too that we could walk down, twenty the twenty thirteen NFC Championship game that still kind of sits with me dirty because of the what the Seahawks ended up doing to the Broncos too. I'm like, man, that was really the Super Bowl right there, that NFC Championship game. I don't know how I feel about the Ravens Super Bowl compared to the Chiefs Super Bowl because with the at least the Ravens one, you could say we were down from the get go. Like the Ravens just came out of nowhere. Your alter ego just went ham on us in that particular game. Actually, it's kind of funny that your name is taken off of that guy after uh hell he was almost a Niners backup quarterback uh, until the Eagles decided to jump in and yeah uh, and and he he happens to unfortunately look like me so I mean fortunately for him he happens to look like me so when you looked in the mirror was that hard for you after that one (laughs) I didn't I didn't realize that he and I looked alike until years later but the 2012 team that the Ravens lost sits worse with me than the Chiefs loss Losing to Andy Reid and Mahomes is different than to me losing to Harbon Flacco. One's a little more excusable. The other thing that doesn't sit right with me about the 2012 team is all the guys whose legacies would have been changed by a win there. That was a significantly older team than the one that, that lost in 2019. It's like, you think about Justin Smith, you think about Gore, Kaepernick's legacy is different. You know, even guys like Crabtree, like Will, Patrick Willis, uh, Bowman, having Dante Whitner and Deshaun Goldson get a ring. Like those guys, Joe Staley getting a ring. Oh, I mean, he would have gotten a ring in, in 2019 too. But like that one is the one that sits differently for me. And that if I could have one of the two back, I would take the 2012 game all over again. 
It's an interesting exercise to think how winning that Super Bowl would have changed the course of Niners history too. Obviously, Kaepernick, how that storyline divulged over time. Would a Super Bowl trophy be enough to keep Balky and Harbaugh in the same building together? Um, Frank Gore, um, you, like you said, I'm, I'm, Frank Gore is my ride or die. I love that man. Like, he, I, like I said, growing up in the rough times of Niners history, seeing Frank Gore on my television made things a little bit better. And I'm still happy to see him still playing and still out there. Kyle, come on, throw that contract. Come on, John. Like just one year. Just give us one year. I, I mean, you know, who's who, listen, I love Frank, but like he shouldn't be on a team that's trying to go to a Super Bowl. The thing that the thing with Frank that I wish for him would have been instead of going to the Colts and the Dolphins and the Bills that he would have gone to the Patriots and nobody's a more violent pass protector, right? He would have, he would have helped Brady stay upright. He doesn't fumble. He did convert like he'd have done. He Belichick would have loved him. And that is what I would have wanted for him. And I did want it, uh, did want it for him at the time. Like, okay, get out of here. Go, you know, go get a ring. He, he, he did his 10 years, go get your ring. And, you know, I would have liked, I, I just, I've always thought that the, the Patriots, could have used him. One of the most obscene conversations I've seen even broached is whether Frank Gore is a Hall of Famer. Are you kidding me? Come on, guys. Yeah, I, yeah that's I, not I even a, like a question. I don't tolerate those people. Yeah, that, you just need to go out in a corner and just sit and think about your thoughts for a little bit there. Um, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, listen, I and I will admit that he was never the best running back in the league. I'll admit that, right? And But running back's a tricky thing, right? Because you've always got these guys that come in and they're one-year wonders, and then you never hear from them again. You know, but Frank's career is really interesting when you look at where he sits. The, you know, the the rule of 370 back from like the early 2000s was, the rule of 370 was, was a fantasy football rule that basically said, if a guy got 370 carries the season before, then his career was basically over. Don't touch him after he hits 370. Sean Alexander, Curtis Martin, like those guys, like they hit that seemingly magical number of too many touches. And then they're just never the same afterwards. Frank never got more than like 250 carries in a season. So everybody's saying like, oh, he didn't lead the league in rushing or he didn't do this or he didn't do that. It's like he came right before running backs got completely devalued and right after when they were force feeding him the ball to where it's like if you would have given Frank 350 carries in a season, yeah, he might have had 2000 yards, but he wouldn't be he wouldn't still be playing. So his his career is just it's it's the tipping point for what has happened to running backs in terms of like they get less carries, they're a little more efficient, they're a little more interchangeable. But in terms of being a three down back that can pass protect and can be the bell cow guy that doesn't need to come off the field, he's like the the last of a dying breed kind of thing. And, you know, even though I may never see Frank Gore in a Niners jersey again, you know, behind center, maybe Frank Gore Jr. Give the people what they want. Let's do that. He's coming up in a couple yeah. years. I'm with that. <laughs> um, okay. Well, you know, hey, the Niners is for at least a little reason for optimism coming into the 2021 season. Uh, we got a game against the Bengals. So at least we got one more win potentially there, right? That's a good thing. As the yeah. NFL announced 17 game schedule official in the books, some initial thoughts on it. Yeah, the Seahawks are going to have to play the Steelers. The Cardinals are playing the Browns and the Rams are playing the Ravens. So I'm stoked. So the fourth yeah. place schedule helping out already. See, that's the strategy, right? We just got to be really bad in those in-between years. That way we get the last place schedule. We get a premium draft pick and yeah, we'll be fine. Even though uh, the next uh, two years, I can't, it won't really I, can't I can't deal. I can't deal with another 2020, man. We yeah, just gotta, you're right. We, we got to stay good. 
I think what made it worse was the uh, hashtag revenge tour. Hashtag revenge <laughs> tour. Hashtag rehab tour. We were right. just, oh my God. No more, this, no more injuries. Did they fire the training staff one, again? They this, need to. This, this year feels like the revenge tour. This is what should be the revenge tour. Like yeah. you've got the, you know, I think, and we were talking about this on my podcast yesterday. There's like a, a last dance kind of esqueness to this season i feel like because i think the locker room really likes jimmy and i think that they probably all feel like this is potentially their last you know you know kittle loves him um you know the offensive line is is uh is is there for him you know trent williams came back expecting to block for jimmy they got alex mack in expecting to block for jimmy you got a lot of veterans here that i think appreciate who who jimmy is and how he plays and I think there's kind of a last dance, like, hey, this is the last time this team will be together. And so let's go out there and, and put the world on notice. So I'm, I'm, I'm projecting a little bit and I'm, and I'm hopeful and I'm gassed up because I, I like what they've done this offseason. I do like the trade up. I like the ballsiness of it. You know, I feel for Jimmy that, you know, but at the same time, you know, go out there and win, man. Go bump your trade value up because he's, he's going to be, you know, if we trade him next year, it's going to be, you know, a trade's going to be contingent on, on him signing a contract extension. So, um, you know, he's going to be able to, this year will, you know, potentially put him, you know, make him some money. So I think what would it be like the huge step for him? And I believe he has this ability somewhere within him. 2016, Matt Ryan. I feel as though that's like one of the comps when we consider like Kyle as the coach and what he's able to do with quarterback. If Jimmy could stay healthy and have that put together a season like that, then speaking of like trade value, like fuck for a MVP, what are we talking about here? Multiple first? Hell, you get your trade package back right there immediately. And you're, you're about where I was last year. I'm a little less optimistic now, but I will say that, you know, in 2019, when he had a really good season, he only had Emmanuel Sanders for half the year and he had a rookie Debo Samuel. Now you've got year three Debo, year two Brandon Ayuk, uh, year four Kittle, right? I mean, like, I hate to bring this up, but like, you know, Jalen Hurd is potentially out there. It's like, there's still guys to add, right? There's still talent that's out there that, you know, you've still got draft picks. we got nine draft picks this season. So they can field a, they've already got a, you know, what they think is a Super Bowl roster. I, you know, I tend to believe them. And yeah, Jimmy's got 4,000 yards isn't out of the question. 30, 35 touchdowns isn't out of the question. When you look at 2019 and you look at how much extra talent there is around him and how that talent is, has, has gotten better. Cause I'm so high on Ayuk, so high on Ayuk. He oh, is he so crushing. smooth. He's just smooth. Like that's the only word I can come up with for him. He's just glides. After that whole Eagles play, he, he needs to get like a shoe deal or something because I mean, he had that jump man moment right there. Yep. And uh, yep. I could watch that yep. highlight all day. <laughs> that is amazing. But he, yeah, I, I think what it comes down to, and this kind of feeds into that 17-game schedule topic as well, more so, the Niners' injury concerns, man. <laughs> like, what what is your theory behind why they're so banged up? Because since 2013, so this predates Kyle Shanahan, they've had the most ACL tears. Is it just we bring on guys with injury histories? Our players are soft? Levi's field is weird? Our practice field is weird? What is this at this point? I don't know. It just feels like bad luck. I don't, I, I'm, listen, I'm no expert. I'm not sure that any specific weight 
lifting exercise is going to stabilize the knee ligaments any anymore right it's like it's not like these guys are in bad shape they're professional fucking football players they're playing other professional football players and shit's shit's crazy you know they're moving at speeds that the human body was never meant meant to move at it's like you just look at what you know, look at the way that the the size of these guys have changed just over the last 50 years in, in terms of football. And now you've got guys that are built like, you know, George Kittle would have been an offensive lineman in for the 60s Packers, right? And now he's out there cutting and running. And, you know, it's like, these are big dudes with a lot of mass moving at really fast speeds. And now listen, I will blame uh, the, the Metro life or MetLife stadium. You know, I will blame them for some injuries. Right. But I don't know. I I'm, I didn't major in kinesiology for a reason. I'll, I'll leave that up to other people, but the, the high ankle sprain was just such a weird thing last year. It's gotta be luck. I mean, like all the, all the advanced metrics guys all say that injuries is just a luck thing. There's no consistent kind of through line in terms of like how many games each team loses. And sometimes, you know, you're just, you know, it's like fumble luck, right? You know, the ball shaped funny for a reason, you know, it's like, you can't, you don't get them all. Uh, that's fair. Um, in fact, last season, my high ankle just started hurt just by proxy at some point there. <laughs> like you said, is it just bad luck? I mean, 2019, even our best year, 2019, there was a little bit of an injury bug, but we just got a little reprieve. We were one of the luckiest teams getting that first round by. Like, there was no doubt about it. The team needed it because, uh, yeah, D Ford, who was struggling through injury, um, I forget uh, who else do we have go down. I, I know Western Richburg went down that season. That was when he first messed up his patella tendon. I mean, both uh, both tackles were both tackles missed time. At, yeah, Joe know, Staley broke a his leg. Like, what the hell? You know, his leg still all, played. All sorts of stuff happened, but that's football. Yeah, it was. I mean, last year was just comically terrible. Like they barely fielded a team for the last week of the season. Now I think part of it was, you know, it's like. They probably could have played Jimmy last year, but I think they didn't want to roll him out there, get him hurt, and then not be able to trade him. I think that was part of the reason that Jimmy didn't come back last year and part of the reason why Kittle did. Like, Kittle was going to be on the team in 2021. Jimmy G, maybe not so much. And so I think that's part of the reason why Jimmy didn't play the last couple weeks of the season when if it was a real playoff push, they might've been able to get him out there. It's kind of a shame though, because with that said, uh, Jimmy's credibility took some of the biggest shots um, because of like sitting out. If it was the team that was in fact saying, no, sit down because some people were starting to question his toughness because people were like George Kittle, like you said, George Kittle's back. Why not you, Jimmy? You play quarterback. It's a less strenuous position. And I, I'm not of that belief because I saw him come back. He came back earlier that year from the high ankle sprain and what, three weeks, two weeks later, he's back. And it just, even in those games where he was back, like the Miami Dolphin game, let's face it, he, he just could, had no drive on that back leg. It was just horrible to see. I, I thought that they should have, if they'd flipped it, if they'd sat him for six weeks through the first half of the season, then we might have been might have had a chance to sprint through the rest of the season with getting him back fully healthy. But I mean, it's like we we're playing with what our fifth string center right guard was never right. Like those are, those are important positions for McGlinchey. quarterback. Like, and McGlinchey was awful in pass protection. Like it just wasn't, I'm glad they made the decisions. I'm, I'm glad that they did 
they, I'm glad they brought in Alex Mack. I'm glad they re-signed Trent Williams. If they didn't re-sign Trent Williams, none of this matters. We're not a Super Bowl roster without Trent Williams at left tackle. So, and and same thing with Alex Mack. Like we 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 can't roll out Ronus Grassu, whatever the fuck his name was, you know, and expect to be considered Super Bowl contenders. Like we've got a professional center there now that's run Shanahan's offense before. I really like what they did this this offseason. Think they could get a Fred Warner deal done before the season starts? Sure. They got the cap room, I expect. Yeah, they freed up about twenty million there. Yeah, and they don't and they don't even need back. that much. They 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 don't even need that much because they're gonna give them a big signing bonus and and let it roll, you know, because they know you've got the TV deal coming. They know they're gonna trade Jimmy at some point, so that twenty million is gonna drop off. I see no reason they can't get that done. Part of the reason to trade up for the quarterback is so that you do get the cheaper uh, uh, rookie contract so that you can pay that. Like it would make no sense to have traded up for a rookie quarterback and then to let Fred Warner go over money. That would be terrible. The Niners are pretty good about keeping guys that they want to keep, which that's why people were so taken aback by the DeForest Buckner trade um, when that happened. Um, Are you still like feeling dealing with that one too? I know like there was a brief moment too, where people started getting their feelings about DeForest Buckner not being a Niner. I can't believe we got a first round pick for an interior defensive lineman. I mean, we've been a really, I love Buckner, but we've, we'd been a bad defense with him on the field and you know, you're able to get a first round pick for him reset you know it's like you wouldn't have been able to sign Kittle there's just all sorts of stuff man like I you got a first round pick for an interior defensive lineman I'm fine with it you know it's like you can't have fucking everything yeah I guess it really just comes down to can Eric Armstead step up this year because he was a little bit of a disappointment last year if we're being honest but I think that was also because Nick Bosa not being on the field D Ford not being on the field yeah that obviously like fed into his lack there of production He's more of a complimentary piece than he is like the star of a defense. And I think that's what probably made it harder for them to maybe potentially move Armstead to keep Buckner, but all right. Yeah. And you wouldn't, and you wouldn't have been able to get a first round pick for Armstead. So it's like, would you rather pay Armstead 18 million or whatever he got and get a third round pick? Or would you rather pay, you know, Buckner 21 million, not be able to sign Kittle, but, you know, or so, so you pay Buckner and you get a third round pick for Armstead, um, but not sign Kittle. Or would you rather pay Armstead, get the first for Buckner and pay Kittle? I'll take the second option all day long. Okay, way too early. Bold prediction. Niners 2021 season. 17 games going 11 and 12 and 5. 12 and 5. Okay, 12 and 5. And we'll, we'll leave that open end on the playoff discussion. And, you know. We'll definitely try and do this again to have that discussion too. Uh, since you are a first-time guest on the podcast, we always like to ask our first-time guest, favorite all-time sports movie? Favorite all-time sports movie. Um, Gosh, man. Favorite all-time sports movie. White Man Can't Jump. Okay, a basketball movie. Okay, I like it. Mixing it's, it up. It speaks to me. Yeah, uh, no, probably white, white Man Can't Jump. All right, perfect. And I guess, Joe, like obligatory plugs. Uh, tell us what you're working on, projects, what we can expect from Not Joe Flacco next. Uh, at Not Joe Flacco on Instagram, Not Joe Flacco the podcast, um, wherever you wherever you get your podcasts. And those are my those are my two big things right now. I would I've got to learn TikTok. I feel like uh, I feel like my uh, like when I used to have to teach my parents how to like use a DVD player. That's how I feel now about TikTok. It's like, what is this fucking contraption? How do I do this? But for somebody that does what I do, I should probably spend the time and figure it out. That's where someone like Canadian Cutler's got us be too. Even at 27, I feel like I'm aged out of TikTok, but that's neither here nor there. But anyway, man, like I said, 
Thank you so much for coming on. Great memes. We share a lot of them. Check out his page at Slump Buster Podcast on IG for some of our memes. At Slump Buster Pod on Twitter. Go ahead and check out our sponsors, whether they be BlueChewManscape.com or K-Man Coffee. Don't be a chump. Use promo code SLUMP and save a whole lot of money there. Stay safe, happy, and healthy. And we'll see you on the next one.